everybody. Welcome to another episode of Laguna Biatch, the podcast. As always, it is your host, Kelly. I wanted to start this podcast off. September is Suicide Awareness Month, and I know that's kind of a heavy topic to talk about, like, right when we get into the podcast, but I wanted to just talk about it for a second. A lot of people have been affected by suicide, and I just wanted to say the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number just to start this off because it has been a really hard year, and I know a lot of people are struggling, myself included. I mean, these this past month has been really hard, the past like three weeks, but this is the hotline. If you ever need help, just reach out to one 800 273 Five, five. That is the phone number to the suicide prevention hotline. It's open 24-7 and there's always somebody there to talk about anything with you, to talk about whatever you need to talk about. And I just want you guys to know you're not alone. As you guys know, mental health is really important to me and I've had to check myself a lot these past few weeks because I've been doing unhealthy things. And by saying unhealthy, I don't know if anyone would like look at them and be unhealthy, think it's unhealthy, but like I was kind of letting my apartment become a mess. My dishes were stacking up. I wasn't hanging up my clothes, which is a big trigger. If I'm not putting laundry away, you know something's wrong. So I've had to check myself a lot these last few weeks and I just want everyone to know that it's normal to struggle. It's normal to be going through something, but you don't have to do it alone. And yeah, I just wanted to start off the podcast by saying that and thank you guys so much for tuning in every week. It means a lot to me. I just wanted to let you know that I thought this week Kate Kennedy was going to be on. I thought, but I was incorrect. It's next week, which is actually good because there are going to be two weeks of no podcast and I actually thought there was going to be three. But next week, while I'm home in Massachusetts, the Kate Kennedy podcast will be live. So you'll only have to go two weeks without it. So it won't be too bad, I promise. (laughs) But I'm still going to bring my microphone home because sometimes you need a break from the family. I'm going to be home for almost or for over two weeks. And I might just need to, you know, go into my old bedroom, watch the hills, be real nostalgic with it. You never know. You never know. But I don't want to make any promises. But yeah, next week is actually a promise. Kate Kennedy will be on the podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. She's into nostalgia, Taylor Swift, Laguna Beach, the hills, you name it. She wants to talk about it. And I am excited. I hope you guys are excited too. But I hope you guys have had an awesome week as always, (laughs) which I say every week because I know, like I said earlier, like things have been fucking hard. So I hope that a few good things happened the past week and more good things happen in the upcoming weeks. How about that? I also wanted to say a few people were confused because I went from episode of The Hills season 3, 19 to season 3, episode 21. And I guess in real time, they actually split up the Paris episode into two parts, but on streaming, they didn't. So that's where the confusion was. And now we are on The Hills Season 3, episode 22, and the episode is called An Unexpected Friend. So during the recap, we there's actually not too much of a recap. I will say this episode is kind of a slower one because it's setting up for the last, what, like six episodes? Eight episodes, I'm sorry. There are 30 episodes, and that is bananas. That's crazy that like a reality show had that many episodes. 
I'm trying to think. I feel like even like real world and they're like 12 to 16 weeks. So 12 to 16 episodes. I don't know about keeping up with the Kardashians, but I even think with like Bravo shows, it's only about 10 to 12 weeks. But anyway, during the recap, we are reminded that Spencer has moved out of the apartment with Heidi and it's more complicated than ever. So a little background information. I actually spoke with someone who kind of knows Spidey a little bit. And they didn't say anything bad. They actually said that the two of them are like the exact same person. Like spending time with them is like hanging out with one person. And they've only spent maybe three days apart since they started dating. Which again, I'm going to use the term bananas again, which is crazy. I mean, I feel like, I I don't know. I feel like you need to spend a little time apart, but apparently you don't and you become the same person. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Nothing bad. I mean, if you want to spend every day with your significant other, that's your choice. We're also reminded that Whitney has a new job at People's Revolution. She's no longer at Teen Vogue. And then we kind of reminisce about Lauren and Steph's first meeting, which was Stephanie, of course, yelling at Lauren in a nightclub and trying to get Brody to leave with her. But we end with this quote. We always end with a little teaser quote from Lauren. She says, Little did I know we were about to meet again. So we start this episode off at Fitum, and I actually forgot Lauren was still in school in season three because we never saw her at school. And according to most people, she wasn't actually really ever at school. But Lauren is in class, and the teacher's doing roll call, and Stephanie Pratt's name gets called. And Lauren, you can see her face be like, what, Stephanie's in this class? And you know production was like, let's fuck with Lauren. Let's do, let's try and make this as uncomfortable as possible. Hey, Stephanie, we're gonna need you real quick. But she ends up walking in a few minutes late takes a seat and the teacher's like I know this is very stressful just try relax and enjoy the process it is such a quick scene a lot of the scenes at school are kind of like really quick and I wonder if it's because they didn't want a camera on campus or something like that I'm not sure I never read that anywhere but I just I kind of feel like it now we're in New York City so this is a bi-coastal episode we're going coast to coast with this one and Whitney walks into People's Revolution and Whitney looks nervous like she's about to work for Kelly fucking control Catron, of course she's nervous. But she introduces herself to the woman at the front desk and she's looking for Kelly. And you hear Kelly going, is Whitney here yet? And the girl goes, yep. What is she doing? Just standing in the hallway? Bring her in. I have to go to this music meeting. And Whitney is just very nervous. (laughs) I think I already said that, but you can tell. Like, even the way she's standing, she's scared and I don't blame her. I mean, last episode, Kelly was like, you just made a deal with the devil. You have to sell your soul. And Whitney's like, what? But I also feel like when Kelly's like asking about Whitney and all this stuff, it's actually a voiceover because we never actually see Kelly saying any of this. So I kind of wonder. But Whitney walks in and they say hi and Kelly's busy. She's always busy. And she talks very quickly about this Australian company at Fashion Week. And then she's like, there's also a rule book that we usually go over, but I don't have time to do that with you. So read it when you can. And like, she like hands this book to Whitney and Whitney's like, okay, thanks. (laughs) But Whitney's going to be running fittings at this New York Fashion Week show. And the uniform for People's Revolution is black. Kelly looks at her. She goes, you have to wear all black. We always wear black. Everybody wears black. Look at me. I'm wearing black. If you look around, everyone's wearing black. That's how Kelly Catrone speaks, in my opinion. It's very quick, a little repetitive, but always very, very quick. So it's kind of like Kelly's testing Whitney. Like, Whitney seems to get a little annoyed with her because she's like, are you sure you have what it takes? People say they have what it takes all the time, and they don't. I'm sure this is an awesome opportunity and I have what it takes. And Whitney has like a little bit of sass when she says that to Kelly. But Kelly and Whitney end up getting up 
leaving the office so they could meet the other designers. And Kelly's like, you're going to work really hard here. We work hard here. I promise you, we always work hard. We work until 2.30 or 3 in the morning. And Whitney's kind of like nodding her head because, you know, in the back of her mind, she's like, I just came from an internship where I worked from like 3 to 5, two days a week. This is intense. But if anyone can do it on this show, it's Whitney. We're back at Fitum. And Lauren is still in class giving dirty looks at Sheeprat. And we see Stephanie like sneaky texting. So after she's sneaky texting, it brings us to Heidi at lunch with Kimberly. And Heidi's jaw drops when she tells Kimberly that Stephanie is in a computer class with Lauren. And this is Heidi. She goes, oh my gosh, this is this is so crazy. I don't, I don't even know what to tell her. I'm going to be like, go say hi. <laughs> and Kimberly's like, are you really going to tell her to do that? And Heidi's like, yeah, I am. But back to the class, we see Stephanie now glaring at Lauren while Lauren's now typing a text. And the next scene, not next scene, like, then it goes to Audrina and Lauren is delivering the same news. And this is like a Gossip Girl blast. That's all I could imagine. The way, like, Lauren sent a text and Stephanie sent a text and then it showed, like, Heidi reading it and Audrina reading it and their reactions. But Audrina just goes, oh my god, Stephanie Pratt is in her computer class. And Kiara, who we haven't seen in a while, we love Kiara. She seems the most mature out of any side character, other than Kelly Catrone, maybe. But Kiara's like, wow, poor Lauren. (laughs) All right, we are back in New York City. Like, a lot of these scenes are really quick, and it moves very fast, and I just feel like this episode was a filler episode. There is no reason for any season of any show to have 30 episodes, let me say that. So I definitely think that this was a filler episode. But we were at People's Revolution for the sass and bride fitting. And Whitney needs to print all of the Polaroids of the models for the stylist. And then they're going to like line them up and see who's going to walk when, that kind of thing. So kind of what she was doing at Teen Vogue, except I'll you wait one second, then you're going to find out she does more. But the designers are explaining that there are different looks and Whitney gives some input. She's kind of like, no, you should definitely show the jeans. Nobody else is showing their jeans. And she keeps talking about the fashion and how if a person wants to wear the specific jeans that the model's talking or wearing, then they're going to want to see what it looks like. And the designers like that. The designers are like, that's a really good idea. That's a really good point. And Whitney seems like big time happy. And I don't blame her because she wants to get into styling. She, you know, she's just starting with People's Revolution. So she understands that she has to do some things like take pictures of models and kind of do what she was doing at Teen Vogue. But this is a bigger step for her. And that's awesome. The next scene, we are back in California. We are at Audrina in Lauren's apartment and Audrina walks in and immediately she's like so what happened tell me everything about Stephanie so Lauren explains how first she heard Steph's name but because Steph was late she's only like two seats away from Lauren now because Laura um Audrina was like did you have to see her she's like yeah she's like two seats away from me and Audrina starts cracking up she goes I'm sorry this is kind of funny and she's right, it is kind of funny. Audrina is not wrong by saying that this is a funny, silly situation. But Lauren was kind of like, you know, I wish it was a lecture hall so there were a lot of people I'd never have to see her, but this is a class with only like 16 people in it. Do you think producers were like, hey, Stephanie, we're going to need you to sign up for college and we're going to put you in a class with not a ton of um, students and it's going to be a pretty easy class. It's just going to be computers. Can you handle it? And she was kind of like, yeah, of course. <laughs> then Lauren ends it with, 
I hope she just leaves me alone. And Audrina starts laughing. She goes, what a great way to start your day. <laughs> Audrina cannot handle this storyline. Audrina's like, this is stupid. But it's also very funny because I am not dating Justin Bobby at the moment. So anything with drama is very funny to me when it's not directed at me. I don't think Audrina felt that way. I think Audrina was genuinely like, this is hysterical and I'm not involved and no drama will be thrown on me for it. So I find it funny. So next day we are back at Fitum and Lauren walks into class and sits one seat away from Steph. And all I can say is that there's a girl sitting in between them, very fashionable. She has a gorgeous hat on and I would really like to speak with her. So if you know anybody who went to school in Fitum during this time, I would like to know more about it. And especially this girl who's sitting in between Steph and Lauren, all I can say about her is she has nice brown hair and she has a beautiful black hat on. Very fashionable. That is why she is in fashion school. But this part kind of like, I don't know, when I see Steph, it reminds me, (laughs) this is mean, This is mean. But when Kristen's like, you don't even need to have brains to get into fashion school when she's like trying to shit on Lauren. And then you see like Stephanie there and I'm like, yeah, no. And I know guys, I know it actually is really hard to get into Fitum. My friend went to school there and it was, I understand it's like very competitive, but it's just like a slap in the face that like producers were like, hey, Stephanie, you're going here now. And Steph's like, okay. (laughs) But anyway, Steph is staring at Lauren and then the fashionable girl in the middle gets up and leaves. But it's weird editing because it doesn't show the girl getting up just all of a sudden like Stephanie stands up and then there's an empty chair between them really bad editing but Steph wants to apologize to Lauren so I'm gonna play an audio clip it's kind of gonna be a little bit harder to hear so I do have to turn it up a little bit I just want you guys to know because I don't want to hurt your ears so the audio clip is coming in three two one I just want to say I'm really sorry about yelling at you So Lauren's like whispering, I guess, because they're in class. But after that, I'm like, okay, so they're good. Like, I'm surprised Lauren was that forgiving. I'm surprised Lauren was like, listen, it's cool. You yelled at me. I didn't like it, but we can be friends. Very weird. Very weird. We're back in New York City with Whitney and we're at the fashion show for Fashion Week. And the first person we see is Nikki Hilton, which I was very surprised. I like looked up, I was writing notes and I looked up. I'm like, oh my God, Nikki Hilton. I haven't thought of her in so long. But Whitney is running all of the models. That is what she is doing backstage. She's lining them up, making sure they're in order. And she's going to be like over the headset telling Kelly who's coming out next. But Whitney is explaining about the clothes. And I don't remember what that was. I'm sorry. I'm like reading my notes. I'm like, Whitney is explaining about the clothes. 
No context. I'm sorry. She's talking to somebody about the clothes. And Kelly asks how Whitney did. And the designer, Heidi, is like, oh, she did great. She actually helped us with a few fittings. And Kelly's like, great, great, great. She's going to go to the director booth now. And then the show starts. And it is all so fast-paced. It's, like, really stressful for me just to watch them try and get everything going at fashion shows. So if this is what you do for your career, I give you a lot of credit. Because it's very stressful for me just to watch... And yeah, and take take like notes. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to miss something. But somehow the models get out of order and Whitney starts like freaking it out, freaking out a little bit. And then she's like, well, Kelly, we have this person, this person, this person. Kelly's like, okay, send that person. And then everyone just follow behind her. So Whitney handles her shit. She does a great job. And after the show goes off, like Kelly's still really proud, even though there was that little model mix up. But this is actually something really sweet that Kelly says to Whitney. She goes, you have a voice and I think your voice is meaningful and when she said that like I kind of felt that deep inside of me and I was like wow Kelly thank you you just inspired me but Kelly basically tells her that they're gonna expect a lot from Whitney and she's up for a challenge and Whitney's like I'm definitely up for the challenge so we're excited about the Kelly and Whitney team and I'm pretty sure they're still friendly I could be wrong I need to watch the city rewatch with Timmy and Whitney I think that that's really a great idea I know Spidey just announced that they're also going to be doing a rewatch like that with Laguna Beach. So that'll be kind of interesting to see. But I really want to watch the Timmy and Whitney one because I think they're a really likable couple. So maybe I'll start doing that and adding that to the recaps as well. I'll recap their recap during my recap if you guys are interested. Um, I think that'll be kind of kind of interesting. And maybe I will do that after hi- um, Whitney leaves the hills. I've never watched The City, but I can watch their recap and then kind of talk about that. So let me know what you guys think about that. Now we are back at the Spidey apartment and Heidi is painting the apartment light green with Stephanie. She's like opening up the paint, putting it in the paint tray. Stephanie is painting like the little curved bar area they have. Heidi has a paint roller. She's painting the walls. It's like a light green. It's nice. And Heidi says, yeah, I had this color when I lived with her like she doesn't even say Lauren's name and Stephanie's like Lauren she's like nodding her head but I'm gonna play another audio clip this one's much clearer but I still like to give you guys a heads up because again I know that sometimes they sound like shit and I appreciate you guys working with me through that also real quick this is gonna be episode number 89 can you believe that we've done this for 89 hours maybe a little more than 89 hours maybe a little less I don't know But I just I know I'm like halfway through, but I just want to say thank you guys for listening. And I am going to play this audio clip right now. So how's school going? I'm doing so bad in this class. It's so hard. I hate computers. You have class with Lauren. I don't even know what to say to that. Have you seen her? Yeah, I sit like a person away from her. Maybe I should like pass notes and become friends. I mean, the class is like eight weeks, and I did apologize. I just like, I told her I'm just going to stay out of your fight. And right after Stephanie says that, like, Heidi is not pleased. Heidi is not into the idea of her staying out of the fight. Heidi's like, Stephanie, you're scary. We need you on our side. We need you to fight Lauren for us. Now we are at Lola's restaurant, and it's a quick scene between Lo, Lauren, and Audrina. They're all having dinner, laughing. And Audrina goes, I don't care that she apologized. I just don't trust her. And Lo quickly goes, I don't trust her either. 
And Lauren's like, it's just his sibling. Like, wouldn't it be hard for you if you had a really bad sibling? Kind of weird. Like, she's like, you don't want to compare Stephanie to her sibling. And I'm kind of like, Stephanie tried to fight you at a club. I definitely wouldn't want to be friends with her. Audrina's like, just keep your guard up. I'm not going to let her in. And Lauren keeps like saying, she's like, I'm not going to let the girl in. It's kind of weird. She keeps saying girl. And I'm like, oh, okay, are we doing this now? And then she's like, what's the girl even going to do to me? And Lauren's just like, it's kind of like, just wait, Lauren. Just wait what Stephanie Pratt can be up to. But I'm pretty sure Stephanie and Lauren were actually friends for a while after The Hills ended, which was very surprising to me that that friendship lasted longer than like her friendship with Audrina and Whitney. But it does seem like Whitney and Lauren are cool now. I know I've seen Whitney post things of like Lauren sending sunny baby clothes. So maybe there is some hope for those two gals. The next morning, we have a very quick Heidi and Kimberly moment. They are walking to work and Heidi is not happy that Lauren is cool with Stephanie. She's like, she can be cool with Stephanie, even though she's Spencer's sister, but she can't be cool with me. Like, I don't get that. I don't get that. And it's weird. And she's like, it's weird for Stephanie to be like that, too. I don't understand it at all. And I think the difference is, and this is just coming from me, like Stephanie has to stick up for her brother a little bit. I get that, okay? But I think to Lauren, like Stephanie wasn't friends with Lauren before this or anything. But I think the way Lauren sees it is Heidi should have interfered with Spencer selling the sex tape rumor. And that is the main issue. But again, everyone's now like, well, Jason's the one who spread that rumor, not Heidi and Spencer. And I don't know. But yeah. I think that was the main issue, and I think we can all agree on that. But Kimberly's quickly like, does Spencer know? I'm sure he won't like it when he finds out. So now we are at Stephanie's apartment, and we see Spencer pouting on the couch. We have to remember that he's sad. He's very sad that him and Heidi broke up. And Stephanie sits down with him, and they're eating dinner, and he goes, I think our relationship vacation turned into, and Spencer, uh, Stephanie goes, the end? I don't know, I don't know. You talk to her more than I do. I'm sick of choosing sides. Don't bitch about choosing sides when you're not on my side. And I was kind of like, I feel like that was the first time I heard anyone swear on the hills. I know I could be wrong. Oh, I am wrong because Lauren yelled at Jen Bunny and called her a bitch. But I feel like it hasn't happened in a while. But then Stephanie says something and it cracked me up. She goes, you're so lame. You're so homeless and so lame. That is some shit that I would say to my brother and I know it. And... I don't know, that line like really just took me out. I couldn't lie. I was laughing really hard when she said that. And then Spencer starts going on a rant about how he can't trust Stephanie. He's just in like a nasty little mood. And she was like, you know, you can talk to me about anything. He's like, can I talk to you about anything? You go to school with LC and you party with Heidi. Next thing you know, you're going to be best friends with Brody. And he just kind of like gives her a dirty look. And I'm like, dude, you're living on her couch right now. Like you should probably be a little bit nicer. The next scene, the final scene of the episode. Like I said, this episode is very quick and it's only 20 minutes. Usually they're like 22 or 20. 23 minutes but this one was only 20 but it is back at Fitum. remember Lauren is now in school all the time because you know Team Vogue was like we're not gonna deal with you if Whitney's not here <laughs> but Steph and Lauren are friends now and they're walking to class and Stephanie's like I quit smoking and Lauren's like wow I'm so proud of you you get to live longer and you won't get cancer and Stephanie's like yeah that's a plus but I need to stop going to tanning beds and then it hit me I was kind of like are tanning beds still a thing Do people still use tanning beds? I have no idea. 
I remember girls in high school would go tanning and they would come in like their skin would look so leathery. And I'm like, we're 15 and we live in Massachusetts. Like, what is happening? Like, it's winter. We're all pale. We're all supposed to look like Casper. But the two of them end up taking a seat in what I'm assuming is the dining hall. And Stephanie's just like, I cannot stand my brother. He's so annoying. And then um, Lauren goes, well, he can't hate you for being a good person. And it's kind of just weird. It's a weird friendship. And I'm never fully get behind this friendship. I remember throughout the series, I'm like, no, I can't. I cannot support this friendship. But Stephanie says she's just done with Heidi and Spencer and basically going, then they basically agree to be like secret friends. And it kind of reminded me of Walk to Remember when, was his name Logan? Carter? Mr. Carter? I think it was Carter. And he's like, well, we could be like secret friends. And Mandy Moore is like, no, and walked away. That does not happen in this. Oh, Landon. It's not Logan. It's Landon Carter. I'm sorry. But anyway, it reminds me of that scene when he, she's like, well, we can be like secret friends. And he goes, yeah, it's like you read my mind. And she was like, no, and walks away. But these two are going to be secret school friends and they're excited. But I'm just curious if, um, I guess it's easier to be like, you know, you have to get in with the enemy side so you can kind of know what's going on. So maybe that's what Lauren's doing. But that is the end of the episode. It wraps it up really nicely. These two are going to be secret friends. Lo and Audrina are a little nervous about it. And Whitney is very much in the New York City lifestyle type thing with Kelly Catrone. Spidey is still broken up, but we know what's going to happen with them. Sometimes I can't believe they're still together. Then I'm like, who else would they be with? Because I mean, I feel like even though I've never met them in person, I can see that they're like the exact same person. So there was some big news in the reality TV world. And I'm sure you guys already know, Keeping Up the Kardashians is ending. And I was actually really shocked when I saw that. I was kind of like, no, that's not true. They're never going to get off TV. But I also haven't watched in a really long time. So I don't know how much the dynamic has changed. I have seen on Twitter that like Courtney hates being on TV. And then I also read that Kylie no longer wanted to be a part of the show and Kendall didn't and really like nobody wanted to do it anymore because they kind of didn't have to if that makes sense like they each have their own brand I guess now and they want to follow those brand identities that they have it wouldn't surprise me if we saw some kind of spinoff show with Chris and like Chloe and Tristan in some kind of spinoff show just not keeping up the Kardashians because you know what I guess there's nothing left to keep up with. <laughs> like, I guess we have finally caught up to the Kardashians. You know what? I wish I opened with that joke. <laughs> but yeah, I was really surprised that it is ending. And I don't think anyone really expected it. But in my mind, I feel like everything that's going on with like Kim and Kanye, I'm sure Kim doesn't want to like deal with all that in the camera. And there are some people I know who have been like, well, she shouldn't put her whole life on camera if she doesn't want certain things on it. And I agree with that to an extent, but Kanye is clearly going through something. And I actually give her credit if she is the one who's like, you know what, I'm going to step back so I can spend time with my husband, kind of try and take care of him. This is all allegedly what I'm about to say. It's like, heard through the grapevine, through the grapevine, through the grapevine. But I was told that Kim and Kanye were actually supposed to have a divorce play out on screen. But when he started to have his mental break, she decided to pull the plug on that. She didn't want it on screen, on camera. But I don't know how true that is. Again, like, allegedly through the grapevine, through the grapevine, through the grapevine. But, I mean, the Kardashians will be around forever. They're not going anywhere. I know we have caught up to them. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, Chloe gets her own show or if... 
I don't know, Chris does something. But I don't think this is the last we've seen of the Kardashians on E. But I'm kind of like, what kind of shows are they going to have now? Like, no more Very Cavallari, no more Keeping Up the Kardashians. I guess that they have the the wrestlers show. I don't watch it, the um, Bellas, the Bella sisters. But I know they were on at some on Sundays, I believe, like around Very Cavallari time. But yeah, I was pretty surprised that that is ending. And a lot of people are upset about it. I kind of forget how diehard some fans are when it comes to the Kardashians. Another thing that happened is Chris Evans accidentally sent out a picture of his dick. So that was interesting on Sunday morning, Saturday, whenever it happened. Of course, I went to Twitter and checked it out because I want to see if it was real. And honestly, they made too much of a fuss about this picture. That's all I'm going to say. Um, there is another photo that he had because it was like a screenshot of his camera roll and he had a picture of himself and under it, it just said like, guard that pussy. And I don't love that word. I'm sorry. (laughs) Even like saying it, I was kind of like, Ooh, maybe I am prude. But I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Chris Evans. Why do you have that saved? I wonder like who he sent that picture to. He's like, listen, I'm going to guard it with my life. I promise. But I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It was kind of interesting, like seeing the back, no backlash really from Chris. But I feel like, you know, back in the day, I don't know if you guys remember when Jennifer Lawrence had pictures leaked, um, nude photos leaked of her and she got ripped apart. You know, it was kind of like, well, she shouldn't be sending those. Who is she sending those to? It's so stupid to send naked photos. But like Chris Evans does it and everyone's like, yeah, we love that. Yeah, show us your dick. It's just, it's interesting to see the different dynamics, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Going on to a completely different subject, Taylor Swift is going to be performing at the ACMs for the first time in seven years. She's going to be at a country award show, and I am so excited. And you know what I love about it? So she's singing Betty, and I love that song. But she also left her country record label, went to pop, now did like folklore, which I guess is folk music like Americana type music and she is going back to ACMs which I'm sure Scott Bruschetta will be watching and what a big fuck you she was like no I'm leaving country music I want to do pop she leaves her country music record label and then goes back to the one of the biggest country music um, award shows just to be like hey guys I can do this and someone asked me they were like why is she doing this like Is she trying to be country again? And I think she just wants to prove that she can sing like whatever she wants. If she wants to put out a pop album, if she wants to put out a folk album, if she wants to sing country, if she wants to sing, I don't know, I almost said rock and roll. Could you imagine? No, we're not going to go rock and roll route. I don't think that is for Taylor. (laughs) And I don't think rap and hip hop will ever be Taylor's shit. But you know what I mean? She can she can sing more than just country music, more than just pop music, more than just folk. And I think she's one of the few artists out that can do that. Also, she sent Katy Perry a baby gift. So that feud is completely done. And I always kind of wondered if that feud was even 100% real. And I know that Katie like stole her dancers off the red tour, but I just, I feel like that one was a little bit hyped up. I feel like that feud was a little more publicly, you know, they're kind of like, yeah, let's just hate each other. And then we'll be like secret friends, kind of like how Stephanie and Lauren were secret friends. Be secret friends. And then everyone will be like, oh my God, they're actually really friends. Like when we decide not to be secret friends anymore. 
That's that's my feelings about Taylor and Katie. Also, I still haven't read the Jessica Simpson book. A few people were like, have you read it yet? Can you talk about it? I haven't read it yet. I'm the worst. I know. I've been trying to be like, I want to read more. And then I just don't. I don't know what's wrong with me. Because I actually think that I do enjoy reading. But obviously, I don't like it as much as I thought I did. <laughs> also, someone was wondering about live podcasts. And unfortunately, I did not get to reschedule the one I was supposed to have back in April, I believe it was. Because of COVID, it got canceled, all of that. But my goal, my hope is for next year to get a live podcast in Boston um, I, I think I'd sell more tickets in Boston than I did in Nashville. So hopefully that happens. Obviously, you guys will be the absolute first people to know. I promise you. So somebody did ask me if there was one thing I could change about Laguna Beach, what would it be? And that's actually really tough because I think Laguna Beach is a lightning in a bottle. I don't think it can ever be touched by any other reality show. And I know I might sound absolutely insane for saying that. But I guess if I was to change one thing, I would probably like to see more of the female friendships on the show. Early 2000s, it was really cool for women to hate each other. And I just, I feel like now, especially now if it was on, the show would be a whole lot different. Obviously, like, storylines would be different, but, like, Steven would be so shamed for slut-shaming Kristen the way he did in Cabo. I think that it would have been really cool to see the friendship between Alex M and Alex H just because they were kind of on opposite ends of things, of drama, seemingly. But in reality, they were, like, best, best friends. And I know Kristen was really close with Alex M, too. So, again, I think it would have been interesting to see all of that. And I've said it once. I already said it during this, like, little segment. But I know that early 2000s were made for women to hate one another. And they just thrived in Laguna, you know. It was always, like, Team Kristen versus Team LC. And people still say that. I mean, I say it, too. I'm not, like, some innocent person. But I really think that if it was filmed now, it would be like the two girls trying to take down the guy like, (laughs) you know, John Tucker must die. It would be like Stephen Coletti must die or something like that. I also would have really liked to see more of Trey's AYA, Active Young America. Again, it's something that's really cool and really different. And it's not just like two girls fighting over a guy. And again, obviously, I know that's Laguna. I understand that the, you know, love triangle was like the Laguna thing. So I just feel like maybe more AYA. Let's see some lady friendships instead of just like ladies hating on one another. And obviously, if they could have filmed at school, I think that would have been really cool. It would have been cool to see, you know, Talon was on the football team. It would have been cool to like see them all in the stands at a football game cheering Talon on or at the stands of a baseball game cheering on Jason. But no, they worked with what they had. They did a great job. Production did a great job putting everything together. And yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to like bash Laguna too hard or anything. As far as the hills goes, I just wish it was more real near the end. I think we all wish that. I don't really know what else I would have rather them like explore. I know that Lauren had like secret boyfriends on the side. So I do wish that we got to like meet those secret boyfriends, I guess. But other than that, I don't know. I think that everyone on the hills knew their role and played their character well. And I think it would have been a lot cooler in the later seasons because I do feel like the first three seasons, maybe not so much towards like end of season three, But I do think it was pretty organic, and I wish that they caught them in more silly moments, like funny moments. And it's funny, I've said silly twice this podcast episode, and before I was like, I hate the word silly, don't call things silly. 
but I wish that they had like more goofy moments, more moments of them just laughing and having fun. But I understand that if it was like everyone just loved one another, there would be no show. You need to have, you know, the villain. You need to have the quote unquote heroine of the story. You need to have like the Brody Peter Pan Jenner who you're weirdly in love with, even though like he he gets mad at you if you don't hug him. You need to have all those characters to play in the game, in the um, show. And I understand that. But again, I wish we got to see more organic content from just the cast being themselves rather than just like Audrina and Lauren sitting on the couch having these staged conversations. But I think that producers did what they knew would sell. And obviously Adam DeVello is still making reality TV, so he knows what works. And yeah, I hope that I answered that question okay. Now, I don't know if you guys remember back in like July, I talked about Demi and her fiance Max and how I was like, yeah, apparently he has a bunch of weird tweets about Selena Gomez and he's like a little thirsty man. Well, those tweets resurfaced and Demi Lovato put out a statement. She said that This is from Demi, okay? So, quote, It's really sad when people fake images to put women against one another. If women have conflict, that's between them, not you. Secondly, don't y'all have more important shit to write about in 2020? I challenge any tabloid that dares to type my name to mention Breonna Taylor and the fact that her murderers still haven't been arrested. Write about that. But then I stop and think, damn, it's hella rude. I get it. But I don't want to look at what's happening in the world either, but we have to. Yes, it's easier to tear celebrities apart in their relationships because 2020 sucks and scares the shit out of all of us. But it's only going to stay terrifying until we address it all and work on solutions together. So while on one hand, I understand and have compassion for those who are horrified at the reality of 2020 that they got to distract themselves with doctored images in order to not focus on how bad these times are. But on the other hand, if you aren't 13 year old, 13 years old, trying to grasp the reality of right now, put on your adult underwear and write about what really matters, please. So that's Demi's response to all these tweets coming out. And a lot of people are saying that some of these tweets are fake. And then there are like videos coming out about him talking about how much he loves Selena Gomez. And I guess we'll just see what happens. I don't really know what to say. Um, I really hope that Demi's okay. You guys know I haven't done like a Demi Lovato corner in a while, but I really, really root for Demi. Yeah, I've always rooted for Demi and I can't help it, okay? But she, I mean, her, Hayden Panettiere, at this point, like, I do root for Justin Bieber. I hope Justin Bieber gets better, and I hope he leaves Scooter Braun, because I don't think Scooter Braun's any good. So I did promise to talk about Lisa Love, and I don't know if it's so much of a deep dive. You guys know I love to say deep dive, and then I'm like, oh my god, it's more like a shallow jump. I'm so sorry. But Lisa Love is actually from Cincinnati, Ohio, and she spent most of her childhood in Rome, Geneva, and Paris, which I thought was really interesting because I remember on the hill she was like, when I was a teenager, I ran away to Paris when I was 15 to be a model. But apparently she went back to the United States and she went to the School of the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston, and she actually studied painting, which I thought was pretty crazy. And I guess that this is more just like an overview of her life because I always like to know how people got their start. And she originally was going to school to be a painter and a sculptor. And in 
Boston, she actually booked her first modeling job, and shortly after, she returned to Paris to pursue modeling full time. And she moved back to LA in 19, or she moved to LA in 1985. And in 1987, she took over the West Coast helm of Interview Magazine. Two years later, she was named the West Coast editor of Vogue, which we already knew about, right? But it's kind of crazy to think that she went from being this like, well, like renounced painter, world renowned. What did I just say? (laughs) Oh my God. I'm sorry. A world renowned like painter. Maybe not world renowned, but you know what I mean. She got into a really prestigious art school, which um, it's not easy to get into. It's not like it's fashion school. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I promise. But, you know, she was a painter and a sculptor. And then she went out to LA. She wanted to be a model and went to LA and became an editor of a magazine. Like, that is a badass character arc. And one thing that I love about Lisa Love, and I guess when I said deep dive, this is kind of what I wanted to talk about because she actually used to drive Andy Warhol around. And she said that when he was in LA, she would basically drive him from place to place. And he never really liked LA. He was very much a New York guy. But she actually would drive him to like Cher's house to take photos at her home. And she was a driver. That's how she kind of like, she was modeling, but she was also a driver for fucking Andy Warhol. How iconic is that? She She's obviously like a boss. There is no doubt in my mind that she is a boss. She's worked her ass off. And I think she's actually like a very cool, calm, collected person. Obviously, I only know her from like the hills in random interviews. But I really, really like that she went from like Andy Warhol and Cher to like looking <laughs> Lauren Conrad in the eye being like, how was that? Was it worth it? Was it worth not going to Paris? Like what? <laughs> what a crazy turn of events. But I mean, she was on one of the first like docu-series reality shows. And I've said that and people are like, there are way more reality shows before Laguna in the Hills. Yes, I understand that. But I feel like the way that the Hills was filmed in Laguna, the way they were both filmed, was so much different than anything we've ever seen on TV. So yeah, that's what I mean when I say that. Obviously, I know like Survivor's been around forever. Big Brother's been around forever. Real World's been around forever. But I just mean the way that The Hills and Laguna was shot. I guess Simple Life kind of rival that, but you know what I'm saying. I also have some bad news. I have not watched Big Brother. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you wanted me to get into Big Brother this year, but it just, Big Brother this year, but it just didn't happen for me. And it's weird because I feel like every season now, they're like on Twitter, you just see like, oh, now they're saying racist remarks. Uh, now they're making fun of somebody with a disability. I'm like, who are these people they're casting on this show? I mean, damn, it doesn't seem like there's ever like more than three good people on that show. Everyone else is like a racist asshole. Now, I'm probably just listening to Twitter. So I'm sorry if you really love it. I, I've tried. I've actually really tried Big Brother. I watched it the year that Rachel won the redhead and I did like it and then I tried to like get into it again it's like three nights a week and I'm like I'm very busy sitting here on my couch not doing anything that I don't want to turn my tv on <laughs> maybe next season I'll try big brother maybe next season because a lot of big brother people are going on to the challenge and you guys know how much I love the challenge another person asked about moving to Nashville and they wanted to know like more about Nashville the neighborhoods and um like the traffic and all that stuff traffic is good right now because of covid and i hate to say that but people aren't really traveling they're not like driving to work or anything so on the way to work it only takes me like 20 minutes which is perfect 
But when, you know, when this pandemic wasn't happening, traffic was bad. I'd hate driving in Nashville. It was such a, so annoying. And I know right now they shut down Broadway to try and like help with social distancing, but everyone's just running around. Um, but drive, it's kind of weird. I like to drive through Broadway during the day when like not many people are out. I don't know what it is, but it is a very busy city. It's also very big. So if you are visiting Nashville, highly recommend going outside of like, downtown Broadway, um, Demumbrian, Midtown, 12 South, The Gulch, all those places are great, but like The Goat in Germantown has great food. Definitely suggest checking that place out. Trying to think of other places, Franklin, I really like downtown Franklin. It kind of reminds me of Plymouth, like Plymouth, Massachusetts back home. So if you rent a car, uh, you probably don't want to Uber. It's probably an expensive Uber, (laughs) but downtown Franklin's really nice. And I always say go to like Demumbrian instead of Broadway because Broadway the drinks are usually like $3 more expensive and people will steal your phone out of your pocket. So if you ever are visiting Nashville, don't like keep your phone in your back pocket because it will get stolen or it could be stolen. And I don't want that to happen because if it gets stolen, then like you maybe you won't see a post. And I mean, you probably may maybe can't listen to the Instagram, I mean, podcast. I couldn't even like say that seriously. But no, I can't imagine what it would feel like to lose your phone. Like that really fucking sucks. So I am ending this talking about the Paris Hilton documentary on um, YouTube. I almost said Netflix. It's on YouTube. And all you have to search is like Paris Hilton documentary and it pops up. You probably don't even need to get that far. But I feel like my age, I'm 29, and I feel like I really grew up with Paris Hilton. Like, we were there for the height, height, height of Paris Hilton's fame. And I guess I haven't really, like, kept up with her much over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. I remember seeing that she was in Mykonos or Ibiza, and she put together, like, a rave for kids who were in the hospital and she did that a few times and I thought that was really cool I was like oh Paris Hilton's like a DJ now and she's doing like stuff for charity like that's random because I always thought she was you know shallow vapid dumb and then I watched a Netflix documentary and I can't remember what it was called but she was on it and it had like um the fat Jewish was on it a guy named Kerr I don't know Crip or shrimp? I don't know what his name was, but it was really interesting. And after that, I was kind of like, oh, like it actually sounds like pretty lonely to be Paris Hilton. And I wanted to watch this before I did the podcast. So I'm glad that I did because I will tell you, it's really, really good. There are some like kind of boring parts, but it's really fucking interesting. And it makes you see Paris Hilton in like this light that you've never really seen her in, which I definitely appreciate. I will tell you that there are some triggering themes. So just a heads up with that. She talks about assault during it. So I always just, you know, I'm going to I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to try not to give too, too much away but I'm probably going to like spoil some things if you don't know about it already. So if you haven't watched the documentary, highly suggest you watch it. Or if you don't want to watch it and just want to hear my recap, let's keep, just keep listening. But one thing that I noticed was that she actually has brown eyes in this and she used to wear blue contacts every day. She would wear blue contacts so we didn't know she had brown eyes because Paris Hilton is a brand. Paris Hilton is famous for being famous and she's the first person to really do that. The opening scene of the documentary is really cool because Paris has a fake voice, right? It's not just like this, like, oh, that's hot. 
no, she has like a real person, like deeper voice. And when I heard that, I don't know what it was. Like it shook me to the core. I was like, oh my God, that's the real Paris Hilton. Holy shit, what am I watching? Like, is she not gonna say that's hot? What's happening? Because again, I've been so used to the Paris Hilton that you guys probably know as well. And I guess I always thought that like she took care of her animals really well. So she had to be somewhat of a good person. But the media made me think she was also like an asshole and a bitch and, you know, she slept with all these guys and she was easy and on drugs and all this stuff. And, you know, it's really sad that I did grow up feeling that way because the media kind of made me think that. And also Paris owned it. She was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, I put together this whole image and you guys fell for it. And that's how I felt at the end of this. I was kind of like, wow. Paris Hilton fucking punked us. But she, her worth right now, she has a bunch of different like companies and businesses and it's worth over $3 billion, which is crazy. And of course, like she came from a family with money, but it still does take work to get a, you know, brand that big in general. But, you know, she's very aware of her character and that's something I liked. Like at the beginning, she's like, yeah, I know exactly who I created. I know who that girl is and it's not me, surprise. But watching this, it seems really, lonely you know it seems like she lives this life a lavish life a very privileged life but she doesn't seem to have like other than materialistic items it doesn't seem like she has many people in her life other than her family and her you know her dogs but I don't know it seems very lonely that's that's what I'll say like and I just took a few notes while I was watching and that was like one of my first notes she said she's nervous about you know she's like I'm nervous about being around big crowds still and we also find out that paparazzi pictures of Paris Hilton in like 2003 one photo could sell for fifty thousand dollars to one million dollars and what year was I guess 2006 is when paparazzi started getting really crazy like her Britney Lindsay Nicole Richie Tara Reid, those are the names that are popping in my head that you'd always see paparazzi pictures of. And I was really surprised Kim Kardashian actually made an appearance on it and she admit that she owes a lot to Paris. She's like, you know, she taught me everything. I, everything I've learned, I've learned from Paris Hilton. And I was like, <gasps> I don't know why it made me gasp. I just, I didn't even think her and Kim were still friends. So seeing that and then hearing her be like, yeah, I owe everything to her. I was like, what is happening? And then we find out that Paris invented the selfie, which I think we all kind of knew. Um, I don't know. I feel like we we're all taking pictures of ourselves at one point, but she's the one who made it like more mainstream. She says she's the OG influencer, which I get. And someone was like, how do you feel about that? And she kind of just smirks and goes, I helped create a monster. (laughs) Not wrong. And Nikki Hilton's actually a really big part of this documentary. And it actually made me think, I was like, have I ever heard her speak? I don't know if I've heard Nikki Hilton speak. I just like picture her standing next to Paris. But now she's like a waspy New York um, socialite who's married to a Roethlisberger. And yeah, she's that there were that family is worth four hundred billion dollars. And I said Roethlisberger. No, Rothschild is what I meant to say. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. But yeah, she's married to a Rothschild. Rothschild. I, I don't know how to fucking pronounce it, but four hundred billion dollars. That's how how pay off my student loans, please. OK, back back to it. We see Auntie Paris playing with Nikki's daughter and she's like, do you want kids? And Paris looks kind of sad. She's like, I thought I did, but I don't think I'm gonna have kids now. She's, She's like, I'm just too busy. 
So we end up looking back at the sex tape and I guess that when it came out, I was in my teens. I didn't really, you know, I didn't understand that like older men could really influence younger women basically. But she was only 18 when that was filmed and I guess I never realized that. And the media was really gross about it. And she's like, I wasn't in the right headspace because I believe she was smoking weed in, on the sex tape. I've never watched it. I've never seen it. But she also didn't give consent for the tape to be sold or anything. Just Rick Solomon was like, okay, all right, I'm selling it. And he's just gross. He's such a gross dude. And she said, you know, she brings up the fact that a lot of people started leaking their own sex tape. And she was like, I don't know, it became a blueprint uh, to become famous. And that wasn't what I wanted. She goes, a lot of people think that I leaked it and I didn't which I actually believe her. I will say she starts talking about like being in New York, being a party girl. And this is where I was kind of like, oh, okay. But then she starts talking about how her parents sent her to like outward bound camps. And I remember one of my cousins got sent to one and I never really like understood what it was, but it's, you know, kids who are acting out, they get sent to the wilderness and Paris ran away from all of them and would get her ass beat when they caught up to her. But she kind of talks about that and then they go off to um, her traveling and she spent, she's in Mykonos at this time. She said she spends roughly 16 hours a day on social media. Nuts. Like, I'm pretty sure my screen time's like seven hours a day. And I'm like, wow, I need to get off my phone. But honestly, I think Paris Hilton works really hard. I mean, she has this persona that she keeps up with. She has skincare. She travels. I think she said she travels like 260 days a year. She's a DJ. She has just a lot of things going on. And again, it's one of those moments where you're like, yeah, she might have all this money, but it's like she actually does work to keep it up. She doesn't just sit on her ass. She's always working. And there's a scene. She's at Tomorrowland and she's really excited because it's her biggest performance. And she's like, babe, babe, I'm really excited. Like, can you believe I'm here performing? And he gets wasted and starts like getting in her face. And like, it's such an uncomfortable scene. It made me kind of like, oh, no, like, you know, the scene in um, season two of Laguna with Jason and Jessica in the limo. Yeah, it reminded me of that. He's like drunk in her face. He's like, you give everyone everything, but never me. And he grabs her in the face. And it's just, again, it shows how like insecure he is and how Paris also goes for kind of like these men who maybe don't treat her the best. And that's what she talks about throughout the documentary is how she falls for these men who don't treat her right and kind of treat her like shit and abuse her. She says that she's had five boyfriends who have physically and sexually abused her. And she shows some bruises from paparazzi pictures when she was dating a member of the Backstreet Boys. She was like, you know, he grabbed me. He tried to strangle me. She doesn't name names, but I've seen the paparazzi pictures and she was dating someone from the Backstreet Boys and it really makes me sick to my stomach. So when people are like, who's your favorite Backstreet Boy and which Backstreet Boy would you get rid of? I'm like, my favorite Backstreet Boy is Brian and the Backstreet Boys I would get rid of is Aaron Carter's older brother. But I will say Kathy Hilton seems like a good person. I don't know. She just, she reminds me like a little gem. And near the end of the documentary, I kind of stopped taking notes because I was very into it. I was super into this. I was surprised at how much I was into it. But she opens up about being sexually abused at Provo in Utah, Provo School in Utah. And it's where they send like bad kids basically 
But she said that they would just feed her medicine. They would throw her in isolation, solitary confinement, naked, sexually assault, watch her shower, all this like horrible stuff. But she wants to be an advocate for youth and she wants to, you know, talk about being abused in Utah and open up about that because she does have this platform and she's really ready to talk about it. One thing about her is she does not like to sleep. Because it reminds her of when she was literally taken out of her bedroom when she was 16 and brought to Provo. So that's another thing she talks about. She's like, I never sleep. I sleep maybe four hours and that's a lot of sleep for me. But she wants to help others and I think that's really amazing. And there's one moment where she's like, you know, these 10-year-old girls, they go on social media, they put filter on and I can't imagine that. I can't. And whoever's directing or producing this documentary, they were like, do you feel responsible for that? And she kind of looks at them and goes, yeah, yeah, I do feel responsible for that. So I really feel like we're going to see a whole new Paris Hilton after this. And I'm not going to give away like the whole ending because she does this really cool thing. And it's not just her, like there are other women involved. And it's a really beautiful, beautiful moment. And she, her and Kathy Hilton have this moment. And I started sobbing. I guess it's just, you know, it's a different side of Paris. And I think you love a comeback story. And you love when somebody is really opening up. And I don't think she's doing this just to be in the eye again. Because at first I was like, Paris Hilton has a documentary coming out. Like, why? Because Kim Kardashian's huge now. And I feel like an asshole for saying that. Because after watching it, I was like, wow, she actually wants to be an advocate for people. She wants to use her platform for good now. And um, at the end of the documentary, they kind of asked her, they were like, can you keep up with this lifestyle forever? And Paris is like, yeah, I'll be like this when I'm 70. I don't care. And I actually genuinely believe Paris Hilton will be Paris Hilton until she's 70. But there's something refreshing about somebody who's, I I was about to say authentic, but I guess she's not because she's put out this whole persona, which we all bought. So, I mean, good job. She did great, but really great documentary. It's on YouTube. And again, just type in like Paris Hilton documentary. I don't want to give up everything that you see. I, I gave up quite a bit, but there are some things that you'll see and be like, oh, okay, Kelly didn't give that away. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for listening every week. And if you want to leave a review, please do. I don't have a Patreon. I know I said I was going to get one. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, there is a link in like the description. And if you hit that, you can help support the podcast. You don't have to do it. A few people asked about it. That is why I'm bringing it up. So if you want to, you can do like 99 cents a month, five bucks a month, whatever you want. If you don't want to do it, totally fine too. Whatever works for you. But I am really, really excited to go home and I'm excited for next week with Kate. I hope you guys like that. We're going to talk, like I said, like Taylor Swift, Laguna, The Hills, all of it. We're going to have a good time. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And yeah, I guess after next week's episode, it will be like two weeks, no podcast. But I will talk to you guys later. I apologize that this Hills recap wasn't super long. Like I said, some episodes just set you up for other episodes. That's what this episode was. But I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week and I'll talk to you later. Bye.